0: Let's try that one more time. Good morning. Good morning. Well, happy Mother's Day to you. We are glad you're here to worship with us this morning at Broadway Baptist. If you're a visitor with us, maybe this is your first time here or your first time in a while. We're especially honored that you could choose to spend an hour out of your Mother's Day with us. And if you would, uh, there's a perforated tab on the side of the bulletin. Uh, We hope you got one of those as you came in. If you would fill that out and tear it off, you could drop that either in the offering plate or in our black box located at our welcome center in the back of the sanctuary. And that can just be your contribution to us this service. That's our way of getting to know you a little bit better and how we can best minister uh, to you and to your family. So we hope that you'll do that for us. We are excited that you're here. We're excited about all that's going on this morning uh, with our baby dedication and worship and and, and, uh, all the events that are happening. Uh, Hope you're paying attention to your bulletin and to the uh, slides on the screen as you come in so that you can stay up to date on all that's going on here at Broadway. A couple things that we want to highlight. Don't forget that next Sunday is our graduate recognition. So if you are a high school senior or a college senior and you are graduating uh, and you want to be recognized on Sunday, fill out the tab uh, in the bulletin. You can turn that in again in the offer plate or in the back. Again, we want to welcome you to worship here with us this morning. We're so glad you're with us. I'm going to bring up our minister to student Zach Bauer, uh, and he's going to uh, lead us into a call to worship uh, reading from Romans 12, if you want to turn and follow along with him. Please stand. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen.
1: Let's go to our Savior in prayer. Father, it's because of that special peace and power that you bestow in the lives of born-again believers that we can rejoice and give praise and thanksgiving unto you. We thank you for who you are, that you're the true and the living God, and besides thee, there's none other. You're sovereign, you're all-powerful, you're almighty. And Father, we thank you that you would care about individuals, imperfect people, people like us today. Thank you that you love us and that your grace abounds, your mercy is new every day. And Father, we thank you for this group that has gathered today. We thank you for this special, special time in the year when We honor our mothers. Thank you for those ladies that have given so much that we might have life. The things that they taught us instilled in our minds, thank you for them. We thank you for these young mothers that are here today as they seek to mold and guide their children. We pray that you would give them wisdom encouragement lord sometimes the challenges are what we would call extreme but yet our father your grace and mercy is with us we pray for those today that do not know jesus christ as their personal lord and savior that this would be the day they would come to know You. we pray for our pastor as he shares in the leads us in our worship today These things we ask in your name. Amen.
2: So uh, go ahead and pull your insert out. I'm going to introduce our babies. All right, Isaiah Bauer. Where is Zach? Zach, Beth, y'all come on down. And we'll just stand up right here. <coughs> y'all come on up here on the stage. Stand right here, Zach. You don't stand over there. Come stand. Front, front center. So th- this here's Isaiah. So so Isaiah was born uh, in, on July 27th, so he's excited about getting dedicated to the Lord. Alright, Noah Damon. Noah, come on down. Now Noah's dad, he's in, he's in military, so he's, where's he stationed at? This here is Noah Damon, so uh, uh, um, Noah's parents are uh, Matt and and Nicole, and Nicole was telling me, was sharing earlier that uh, her father's in the military, so he's away at training right now, so he he wasn't able to participate, so Madison's going to come and stand up here as well, so with that. All right, wholeness, wholeness, come on down. This here is wholeness, as well as Innocent and Kareen. so exciting here for wholeness to um, uh, be dedicated to the Lord. So uh, we're, we're so excited she's able to come and participate with that. All right, we also have Naomi. Naomi, you come on down with, with Andrew and Kelly Luke. I um, will always remember, Naomi, this is my story of all stories. I used to teach, my, my favorite age group is two years old, that's the best Sunday school class you'll ever teach, two-year-old Sunday school, and I used to teach uh, two-year-old Sunday school until I got demoted to young adults, but back when I had my good promotion, I was there, and um, Kelly had a, uh, Kelly got discharged from the hospital Saturday morning, and she was in Sunday school on Sunday, I mean, 24-hour turnaround, she came and said, dude, I need a break. <laughs> so, my baby number three. That's how it is. So, this here is Naomi. So, Na- Naomi was born this past June or last June. So, it's exciting, uh, and, and as well as Kelly's parents as well. So, we're excited for Naomi. All right, Noah Pratt. Noah. We have Nathaniel and Ally, our parents. Now, Noah is our newest baby. Noah was only born a little be- just just over two weeks ago. So, Noah's a, a little fellow. He's brand new. This is, this is uh, Noah, so we're excited for Nathaniel. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And we have Thomas. Where is, uh, where is Tom- Thomas? <clears throat> Chris and Lauren, y'all come stand down. I have to make room here, I have to slide down. You know, remember how Zach originally went and stood in their corner? We might need that corner after all. So make room. This here is Thomas and his parents with Chris and Lauren. You know, if you notice, the names are all Bible names. Wholeness, though, what was, so you told me the story once on wholeness's name. It has to do with the Bible. So what, what's the story on wholeness's name? Name, right. wholeness. That is, that is exciting. So, so uh, we
0: have
3: the name just down and up. Yep. Yeah.
2: That is. Holy yep. That is, that is wonderful. What a great name. So, with that, so. All right, we are going to dedicate these children here to the Lord. And we're going to, um, what we'll do is up here on the screen, we have a responsive reading. So, uh, I will, uh, I'll read the part here under Pastor. I think it should start uh, under. It's, I've got it here on a piece of paper, and y'all can, okay. It is an exciting time whenever new life comes into a family. There's no better time for parents to realize that children are a gift from God. Psalm 127.3 tells us, sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from Him. This morning, we have the joy of dedicating Isaiah Bauer, Noah Damon... Ole Miss Naomi Luke, Noah Pratt, and Thomas Wright to the Lord. The children's parents are Zach and Beth Bauer, Matt and Nicole Damon, Innocent and Kareem Ketty, Andrew and Kelly Luke, Nathaniel Pratt and Allie Jackson, and Chris and Lauren Wright. We're fortunate to have their grandparents and their great-grandparents here this morning as well. Scripture tells us in 1 Samuel 1.24 that Hannah dedicated her son Samuel to the Lord. Luke 2.22 tells us that Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to present him before the Lord. In the same way, these parents bring Isaiah, Noah, Holness, Naomi, Noah, and Thomas presenting first themselves and their children before the Lord, our God. I charge you as parents to raise your children in a godly household, teaching them biblical truths parents should model their christian faith before their children parents who reflect christ in their daily lives will be an inspiration for their children to learn about and accept jesus as their savior proverbs 22 6 instructs you to train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not turn to it all right we have a parent section here we recognize Not only do parents participate in baby dedication, but the church has a great responsibility as well. In the coming years, many of you will serve as Isaiah, Noah, Holness, Naomi, Noah, and Thomas's Sunday school teachers, mentors, and Christian leaders they look up to. I charge you as Broadway's church body to nurture these children in a Christian environment, praying for them to grow in the Lord, and to develop the spiritual gifts God has given them. Congregation, you'll have a statement as well. It is our responsibility to teach and follow the Gospel the next generation. Joel 1 and 3 commands us to tell it to your children
3: and let your children talk to your children and their children to the
2: next generation. Thank you. It is God's will that Isaiah, Noah, Wholeness, Naomi, Noah, and Thomas are raised in church and one day ask Jesus into their lives. Deuteronomy 6, 4-7 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Let's bow our heads and we'll pray for these six babies we're dedicating. God, we come this Mother's Day morning here on this special Sunday, dedicating these six babies to you. Lord, you are the author of life. You create life in the womb and it's your will and plan and purpose. For these babies to grow up in church, to have godly Christian parents, that they learn about you and learn your word. Lord, we pray for Isaiah, Noah, Holness, Naomi, Noah, and Thomas. Lord, I give these babies to you. We pray you bless them and pray that they just honor you with their lives. In Jesus' name we all pray, amen. All right, before y'all leave, let me give you your, uh, I've got our Bibles and our certificates. just need a helper. Right. Isaiah, here we go. No. no, we're about to give you a big clap. Let's give them a big applause for our baby dedication. <laughs> Amen. How exciting. All right, y'all can be seated. Now we have, after this, we have our children's choir. So soon, these are six new members that will be a part in a few years in the children's choir. Alright, we're going to honor, today's Mother's Day, and we're gonna about to honor all of our mothers, as well as we're going to first honor um, three special mothers. Um, uh, first of all, if you are, we're going to honor our oldest, our oldest mother, the mother with the most children, and we're also going to honor our newest mother. So I think I know who these folks are really, but you never know. There always could be some wild cards, and we have nice presages and Rick's going to pin them, you come call, so... Rick said you put them on your wrist or you have them pinned. All right, our oldest mother here. Do we have anyone here who's 93 years old? 93 years old or older. Oh, look, Bernice, come on down.
0: (laughs) Bernice Wofford, 93
2: years old. Oh. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. That's, That's it. All right, the mother with the most children. Does anyone here have 10 kids? Yes,
3: 10 kids. No, no, no. 10.
2: Miss Lorena, come on down. Do we have the same folks who win every year these prizes? <laughs> Miss Lorena. Oh, what? 11.
4: <laughs>
2: Rick, we have a fourth. <laughs> <Rick>, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rick. We've never had this happen before. This is a... I, I told you they're all in the wild card. What is your name? Rahila. Rahila. 11 children. Congratulations. That is...
3: That is... That is Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>
2: yeah, how, how many of your children are here today? Oh, one, one. one, one so, so. All right. Our newest mother. Do we have any babies that are less than three weeks old? Allie, Allie Jackson, come on down. Dedicated. No, congratulations. Our newest mother. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> so that is so. all right. We're gonna honor all of our mothers right here. We have pink carnations. If you are a mother, now is now your time to stand up. All mamas stand up. Let's look around at all of our mothers. We give them a nice round of applause. What we're going to do, children, you're going to come up here to Mr. Rick and grab a flower, and you're going to go find a mama, and you're going to go put a carnation in her hand, and once you receive your flower, you sit down. <coughs> Sherry, you might have to help with this, so everybody, we're going, to, we're going to remember our choir loft as well. Every mother here should receive a carnation. It's your Mother's Day gift. All right, Benjamin, you want to go find someone standing up, and you hand them a flower. Yes, come on, I got her mother. Are we out? We're out, but we have a we.
1: I'm going to ask everyone to stand and we're going to sing Praise Him, Praise Him, all ye little children.
4: Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to gather together in your house to sing praises to you and to worship you. We thank you, Lord, for these mothers that we've honored today. We thank you, Lord, for the children that were dedicated today. And we ask, Lord, now as we uh, take of this offering, uh, may you bless the gift and the giver, and may it be used to further your word here in, in our life and in this world. Forgive us, Lord, wherein we fail you. Be it the pastor as he brings the message. And may everything that's said and done here honor and glorify your name. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
2: In your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1. Then in a little bit we will flip over our Bibles and we'll look at Ephesians chapter 6. So those are our two scripture verses we are going to look at this morning. We are going to talk um, on Mother's Day, you know, today is Mother's Day. So you always know Mother's Day, it's a message for our mamas and <clears throat> also for your mothers. Um, mother's Day is the one day a year that mama gets to pick where she wants to eat after church, she gets to pick the restaurant, and men, we have to pay for it, so that's you have to pay for mama to go out to eat today, so that is, it's her one time a year. I was telling somebody like that this morning, and they said, you <clears throat> know, my wife picks, I've never once picked, even on Father's Day I don't get to pick, she picks every day of the year where we go out to eat, and so that's certainly true. It is a day we certainly go going to honor our mothers, see what the Bible says about being a mother when you read the scriptures about being a mother, it also ties in about marriage, it ties in about fathers and parenting, it, it blends all of this together about what it means to raise children who love the Lord. Um, many of you have children, and having children is definitely a blessing, but it's also a great responsibility. So I want you to turn along here in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and don't reject your mother's teaching, for they will be a garland of favor on your head and pendants around your neck. We see right there, the Bible's telling us, Solomon's writing us, that children should accept and listen to your father's instruction, and you do not reject your mother's teaching. A biblical pattern we see is parents are teaching and instructing their children about the Lord and it talks about here having a garland and what this talks about here a garland a pendant that's a sign of honor jewelry is a sign of the good life in the Bible that was your you're paying your respects your honor to your mother and your father by obeying them the fifth commandment is honor your father and your mother and that's what we do we honor our parents, especially on Mother's Day, we honor our mother. And what it means to honor your parents is you obey them, you show respect to them, even when you disagree with them and you might not see eye to eye, you still and obviously show that respect that the Bible demands that we do. Even even when you're an adult, you are expected to honor your mother. A perfect example of this is Jesus' first miracle He maybe wasn't ready to do his first miracle, but his mother brought it to his attention. When he was 30 years old, he was at a wedding in a little town named Cana. This is in John chapter 2. And they were at this wedding uh, reception, and they ran out of wine. There was nothing left to drink. And I guess it's embarrassing with something like that. It's like you're cooking a meal, and they run out of food. Or you run out of uh, whatever you're serving, and it's embarrassing. Well, Jesus' mother Mary told the attendants, um, uh, they brought, she brought to his attention, Jesus, they're out of wine. And then his answer is, why do you involve me? Like, what, 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 is that? Is this a clue I need to do something? That's all she said. She brought it to his attention, didn't tell him to do anything. He says, We're out of, they're out of food, they're out of wine. And then he says, why do you involve me? And then she tells the attendants, just do whatever he says. Because she doesn't know something's about to happen. And he turned water into wine. But the reason why he performed that miracle was to honor his mother. His mother brought it to his attention. He did it. It's very similar. I've illustrated four. before. It's like if Sherry were to say, the trash is overflowing. The house is dirty. The dog needs to use the restroom. She's not telling me what to do. She's dropping a clue and a hint. And you pick up on that and realize, I need to do something about this problem here and solve it. That's what Mary did to Jesus. That is how we honor our mother and our fathers. We recognize they need some help, and I'm the helper. So that's, um, that's what that means. Um, you know, marriage here in the Bible, it is the, we see it consistently through the Scriptures, Marriage is not about making babies for baby dedication. It's about taking children and turning them into disciples. These six babies we dedicated to the Lord. God wants these children to grow up and learn about and know Him. God's plan for these children is for them to be raised in a Christian home so that they have a mother and father who's instructing the scriptures and bringing them to church, bringing them to Sunday school. God wants babies to become eventually disciples of Jesus. You know, we see here in this passage in Proverbs chapter 1 that a father gives the instruction and the mother teaches. Both the parents are involved in the children's education. It, schooling starts at home. This is not something we outsource to someone else. We can't expect Fayette County Schools to teach our children everything. Education begins at home, and we are expected to do that. We have a pediatrician, obviously, so about a month ago, I was there at our pediatricians in the office, and one of our children were playing on an iPad while we were waiting for the doctor to come in. And I made the comment... To the pediatrician. Now remember, pediatrician, all they do is see babies and children all day long, one after another. And it's somewhat embarrassing because one of our children were playing on an iPad while the doctor walked in, and you know that's the parroting. and that was occurring. And Sherry wasn't there; it was me and the child. And I walk in, and the doctor is a female pediatrician. I said, "You know, I bet everybody that uh, comes in here. I bet a lot of them are playing on these electronic tablets and devices." Her first comment is, yes, they're ruining families. <laughs> first thing she said, I mean, right out of her mouth, they're, they're ruining families. She, you're, you're losing, and she goes on, and she, I mean, she preached a sermon about it. She wanted me to feel bad. <clears throat> she said, what's happening to children? I'm sitting right there in the chair, little child's up on the thing with the iPad, and the pediatrician walks in, what's, and she, I mean, it was, I apparently wasn't the first one she preached a sermon to, Hopefully not, but she walked in and she started saying that what's happening is children are losing a childhood experience because of electronic devices. They're being robbed of the experience of being a child. That's what, and she went on and on and on about how, and she described the ruining of a family for her is a child can't be a child anymore. And, um,. And what happens is, we as parents and as grandparents, we live in an electronic tablet culture. And I'm the worst at this. But the Bible tells us, we as moms and dads, grandma and grandpas, we have a responsibility to teach and instruct our children. And I want you all know, if they're playing video games and electronic devices all the time, that means we're not engaging with them. That means we're not teaching and instruct them. They can, they can be raised on technology. And the Bible's telling us that we're to raise our children. Not, not games. Not other people. Not the school. Not a daycare. We raise our children. We can't farm out this responsibility to someone else or something else, such as a device. The Bible here, throughout the scriptures, it talks about teaching children wisdom what is wisdom how do you teach a child wisdom wisdom is what that is is knowing the ways of god that's teaching your children the scriptures that's so when they grow up and while even while they're young they gain wisdom so that they are wise so that when they become older they can make decisions based on the scriptures they know what God's word says about whatever issue they're dealing with in the world but if you and I as parents and moms and dads and grandparents if we don't teach our children wisdom they will grow up and not be wise do you want wise children do you want your children to know the word of God do you want your children raised raised In the scriptures, and knowing how to be saved, do you want to be described here as a parent with garland and pendants around your neck? Failing to instruct your children about the Lord will destroy them. Listen to that, Broadway. If you do not teach your children wisdom and God's word and pour scripture into their life, you will destroy your child. They are to grow up and get saved, and be in church, and raise their children in church. It's generational, as we quoted that Bible verse out of Joel chapter 1. You teach each generation the scriptures, and teach them about the knowledge of God. You bring them to church, so they hear sermons, and hear God's word preached and taught. Yesterday, the fire station, number 20, which is right down the road here, had this autism awareness event. And what it was, I went there with a couple boys, I know, in their house. I brought the boys there, and it was this huge event where they were bringing, uh, They had these games, and uh, it was at the fire department, and you went around to different stations, and they served free food, and it was, it was a neat event. So I'm there, and we're going, <coughs> going to these different stations with Benjamin and Dean. Well, one of the stations you went to was, it was a trailer, apparently, that the Lexington Fire Department brings to different places, and it, it shows you what happens when your house is on fire. Well, we go in there, and um, we, um, first of all, Benjamin didn't want to go. So I first went in and brought Daniel. He stood outside the door. And I thought, this is so good. Uh, I need to bring Benjamin in there. <clears throat> well, while we were in there, they showed about, they didn't have real smoke. They had a fog machine. They showed you how it starts at the top, and then how the fire, what actually kills people is not the fire. It's the smoke. Because at night, if your bedroom—the most dangerous place—that can catch on fire at night. If your door is shut and you have a fire in your bedroom, electrical fire in the wall, it will smoke your room out, and the fire alarm, because the door shut, will not go off if it's down the hallway. And the guy was explaining. He says every bedroom in your house. This is the Lexington Fire Department man was telling every bedroom in your house needs a smoke detector. That is critical. And, and I was listening to this. and Daniel's listening to this. All Benjamin needs, I'm going to take him in here again. He needs to hear this. And what happened is he says, all right, he had a little audience, about 10 folks. So, all right, here, who, who lives in a house that doesn't have smoke detectors in every room? And I just figured every single hand went up. Well, I, ra- I guess I, was, I raised my hand. I was only one. I thought, well, well maybe I should have brought it down. <laughs> Felt bad a little bit. And the guy turned to me and said, sir, would, um, here at Fayette County. He said, you live in Fayette County? I said, I do said, so congratulations, we will come to your house and install smoke detectors in all of your rooms. And he was passionate about this. He said, it's free. And then I said, well, we have four bedrooms. We have four children, a lot of kids. Hey, it's okay, I'll give you five. I mean, he was just passionate about putting smoke detectors in your house. He's going to show up. And um, so I thought, okay, well, we'll, we'll get, I guess we need some more smoke detectors. And tell me it's a 10 year battery life and even when it gets close we'll come out and put you a new one in so we'll even document it so we'll know when to come back out like we'll do it all for you with no charge at all we'll just we'll install these smoke detectors in your home I thought well this is interesting I, I need some smoke detectors I already have a couple but I need four or five more I guess so um uh, but then Benjamin was outside so what happened is I had to leave because he was staying outside the door he didn't want to come in so I said well sir I want to I've got to run out the door and um, but I do want to get your information so that you can, um, you can follow up and come install the smoke detectors. So I had to run out the door after the. They, they showed us, the little alarm went off. They showed us how to crawl and check a door if it's hot and everything. So I finally got out of there, the place we lived. And we got outside the little door before it burned down. Then I found Benjamin. Well, about five minutes later, um, the man, you know, we had gone on to another station. That fireman, that one that saw smoke detectors, I saw him coming. He was headed straight for me, like running. I mean, he's just coming down here saying, sir, here's my card. I really want you to have those smoke detectors. You know, we can come and install them on Monday at your house in all your bedrooms. I mean, he was passionate about it. And he says, even if you lose my card, just dial 911. You two always get me by that. We'll just be there. You just call 911. Put anybody in the whole county, just get some smoke detectors. I mean, he made it no possible way not to get these smoke detectors. And I walked away thinking, that fireman, first of all, he was a nice man. And he was passionate about making sure every single house in this city, in our county, has smoke detectors in the bedroom because that's the most dangerous place to be. Now, I think about that. If we as parents were that passionate about teaching our children about Jesus, we would have a completely different generation. That man sought me out. He did follow-up, and he's going to do 10-year follow-up when my battery would go dead. I mean, I not have to do anything. All I have to do is unlock the door, and he comes in and will do it all. Lexington Fire Department for us. That type of desire, that passion that we see from our firefighters, parents, moms, dads, The Bible tells us we are to instruct our children about the Lord and teach them about God and teach them about the great stories in Scripture and teach them about how to be saved and know Jesus. Mom, do you have that passion? Are you doing that to your children? Dads, are you instructing your children in the ways of the Lord? Some of us are passionate about maybe sports or basketball or, or jobs. But the Bible here tells us, Proverbs 1.8, listen to your father's instruction. Don't reject your mother's teaching. That teaching we're talking about is Bible teaching. Flip over here in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, last scripture we're going to see here. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. The Bible teaches us how parents and children should relate. <clears throat> While you turn there in your Bibles, in Ephesians chapter 6, yesterday our church had, Sherry went to this Mother's Day tea here in our fellowship hall, and we had a lady named Alicia Sims from Step by Step come, and it's a, a ministry to young women, young women who, have, uh, uh, who are pregnant, who have children, young women who maybe grew up in a hard family situation and they just didn't have a lot and I know many of you went to this yesterday and she came home and she said Daniel one of the greatest problems are we have children who grow up and they did not receive Christian instruction they did not receive a mother or father even teaching them about the Lord or about the Bible or bringing them to church and what this organization step-by-steps is what partners women with other young ladies to come and basically be, they use the word, a root. You help be a mentor to another young person and teach them about the Lord. It's a complete Christian organization that partners people with those who did not have a godly household growing up in. That's a picture of what we see in the Bible. About how we, we pour our life into folks. Maybe, maybe you didn't have that blessing of having a mother and father teach you about the Lord. Or maybe you don't have children. Or maybe your children live in California on the other side of the the world or something. But you can partner with folks and pour your life and invest into people. Say, I want to teach, I want to instruct people about God. Look here what the Bible says here. Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Do you know even if you're an adult, if Miss Beverly Osmond were to walk in and she were to ask me to do something. I'm to honor my mother. I can't say, well, I'm a grown man now, Mom. You're out the door. (laughs) That would be a mistake. The Bible says we are never exempt. Even if you're an old man, you are to honor your mother. That is something that we respect our parents. Even if you don't agree with them, we show them honor. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. That's the fifth commandment. In uh, Exodus chapter 20, that God gives us a promise with this commandment. So it may go well with you, and you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, do not stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We see throughout the Old and the New Testament, it's moms and dads are to train and teach their children. And what do the children do? We honor and respect our, par- our parents. I want to put five things up here on the board. Then we're going to have our invitation. I'm going to quickly go through these. What godly parenting looks like. If you want to be a godly parent, this is what it looks like. The father has a responsibility in bringing children up in the Lord. Men, we have responsibility. I know it's Mother's Day, but the Bible goes and says we should be taking the lead role in bringing our children to church and teaching them about the Lord. If there's not a man at home, then a woman has to step up and do it. But we take that lead the responsibility is bringing them up in the ways of knowing god this is all throughout the scriptures this is something you can't you expect your church to do it you can't expect your grandparents to do it moms dads we do this we train our children about the lord moms and dads mothers and fathers are together called to teach the children it's not something that mom goes to church and dad stays home and watches football Both parents are involved in the upbringing, in the teaching, in the training of children. Number three, parents should be unified in Christian parenting. Families should attend church together. You shouldn't have mom at one church, dad at the other church, and the children, or who knows where. The family should be coming to church together. When you leave, you should be talking about this in the car. You should be teaching, what did God teach me in Sunday school? What did I learn today? What is God doing in my life? It's a Christian family among the same thing under the authority of a church, under the authority of a pastor. You're learning from your Sunday school teacher and you're doing it unified together. This is what, this is the the basic foundation of a family starts with mom, dad, and children. Number four, children know their parents before they know God. Parents show God to their children. We show and point Our children to the Lord. You show them a lot of other things. You take them to baseball games. You take them to the movies. You can play video games with them. But most importantly, you should be teaching your children about the Lord. Teaching them, reading them Bible stories. Asking them questions when they're teenagers. What is God doing in your daily quiet time? That's a Christian parenting godly conversation parents should be having your husband and wife's relationship becomes before a father and mother parents your relationship with your spouse it and the unity in your spouse comes before your relationship with your children your children should see mom and dad love each other mom and dad love the lord mom and dad go to church together what you're doing, the reason why that's so important, that's a must, because children see how mom and dad treat each other, how mom and dad treat the church, how, what mom and dad talk about in their relationship with the Lord and their talk, and then they will grow up and do the same. The way your parents act is how your children are going to grow up and act. Listen, parents, if if, Sherry and I, if we're just screaming at each other all day, we're going to have 20 years, 40 years, we're going to have children grow up, they'll be doing the same, they'll be screaming in front of their kids. That's all they knew. You just go around hollering, putting each other down, beating each other up. It's just generational. This is why God created our first relationship. Remember, is our relationship with God. Our second most relationship, and God put this in order in the Bible, is our relationship with our spouse. And our third is with our children. In that order. It can never get out of that order. Your children do not come before your spouse. Your spouse comes first, and then you're out of that relationship, that marriage, you're, mon- you're modeling that for your children. This is God's plan for a family. Moms, dads, this Mother's Day, we are to instruct, take the responsibility. You have to accept, you, you want to walk out of here and say, my responsibility is teaching children about Jesus. My responsibility is bringing children to church, to Sunday school, to Awana, to VBS, all the different ministries so that they can grow and know God. This morning for Mother's Day, we're going to have our invitation but I want you, many of you are saved, you've been a believer for many years, but parents, some of you, maybe grandparents, you have not taken the responsibility. Your commitment needs to be am I teaching my children about Jesus? Am I instructing them? Am I guiding them? Listen, when your children get to be 18, 21, 25 years old, don't have the attitudes, oh they're not adults they can make decisions of their own. Well, they can make decisions of their own and there will be a train wreck decision if you're not careful. We as parents help guide our children down the right path. Even if they're adult children, you point them in the right direction. You're instructing and teaching them along the way. That is our responsibility. And when we don't do that, we have failed at biblical parenting. We've let God down. They might not honor us because we haven't honored the Lord. Your children will see by you honoring the Lord and instructing them, they will honor you. This morning for invitation, one of the ways we honor God, I went through the saying, God's first in your life, then your spouse, then your children. If God is not first in your life, you can get saved on Mother's Day. There's nothing that will make your heavenly father and your earthly mother, your mama, more happy than you giving your life to Jesus. And we're going to do that. I'm going to invite David Dell to come forward. We're going to have our invitation. If you've never been saved, if you've never made a commitment, now is your time as we conclude our Mother's Day service. We're going to give our, make our decision for the Lord. So we're going to stand together, and we're going to sing, Just as I am, I'm going to stand out front waiting for you to respond and make a decision.